Joan Hogan, and I'd like to welcome all of you on this beautiful sunny day to the Prairie Dock Radio Program. Not that sunny, Joan. You sure? Okay. Just beautiful overcast, snowy day. Yeah. Would that work? Okay. Yeah. Dr. Rick Holm, our medical expert, is in the studio, as you just heard, and he's ready to answer your questions. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota's Sanford School of Medicine. Good morning, Dr. Holm. Good morning, Joan Hogan. Good to be with you, and also today we have Kelly Evans-Hullinger, an internal medicine physician with the Avira Medical Group Brookings. So glad to have you back again, Kelly. Thank you, Joan. Well, it's good to have two doctors in the house. I feel very secure, safe. Bob and I are taken care of no matter what happens with the weather out there. But for the rest of you, you may have some questions if you don't have a doctor in the house. You should give us a call at 692-1430. Yes. We are the day before Thanksgiving. Got a lot to be thankful for. And um, I'm just thankful to have both of you here. Is there some topic on your mind, Dr. Holm? Oh, I am thankful that... I usually have a topic in which to talk about, <laughs> but I, it's, it has been a wonderful year to be alive. I don't mind the, this, the cold snow. I'm, I'm savoring every doggone day. <clears throat> and so my sense is that we all need to realize, oh God, miserable. I think we're all better off with a glass half full. Uh, it just brings your heart in a better place. And so um, I also am happy that I've had this great life that, uh, and that right now we're continuing to spread information that is unbiased from uh, industry, that is as evidence-based as we can make it, and that we share it with you uh, lovingly. You know, Dr. Holm, when you started this sharing probably 25 years ago, you were, you were concerned then that possibly there wouldn't be um, science-based information for people, that maybe there was a little information that wasn't really good, and you thought this is a good way to share it. In those 25 years, we've been somewhat overwhelmed by non-science-based <laughs> information. You were ahead of the curve on this. Well, it was really needed. It yeah, just is. Needed. You're not influenced by uh, any manufacturer, any drugs, anything like that. You never have been, but you certainly aren't in this program. Uh, you don't get financing from uh, any The big, kickback that no I usually kickback. get from Merck and Yeah, from, uh, yeah, none of those kickbacks. <laughs> so it is, it is really <laughs> wonderful with all of your outreach with the, we have our, your editorial in front of us right now that appeared in the Brookings Register along with about 100 newspapers now. 110. 110 newspapers are covering Dr. Holmes' Kansas, weekly essay. Wyoming, Nebraska, North Dakota. Which is fantastic. And I know many of the people listening today also love watching you on Thursday night. I know Kelly has been on that program a few times. and. She's uh, going to be on it with her buddy, the dermatologist. Her coming buddy, up. the dermatologist. Yeah, my best friend from medical school that practices dermatology in Mitchell is going to come join me on the Prairie Dock in February, Dr. Greenway. Oh, that'd be great. Mitchell. It's going to be a blast. I'm excited. I, yes, it will be. <laughs> yeah. And that's the joy. You know, when you are a host, you have your friends coming in. Mm-hmm. Got to enjoy uh, that. What I wanted to throw at you, though, Kelly, was uh, this whole issue of evidence-based. Uh, the AMA just recently kind of dragged the doctors and Dr. Oz both through the muck and said, this is not quality stuff. You are responding to your, your sponsors uh, and you are promoting uh, uh, 
you know, industry. Mm-hmm. How, you know, what, what's your take on all of that and what, how important is it that we have truth? Well, I'm, I, I think the truth is obviously important. I think that what we have out there that is a bad, not a battle, but a challenge that physicians have to deal with now that maybe you didn't have to 20 or 30 years ago is that there's a ton of what I would call pseudoscience out there. Um, a lot of it involves things like diets and supplements and and this whole Magnets. industry of things <laughs> yes that 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 you know i obviously you mentioned that we want to be uninfluenced by industry and f- with physicians that that might mean things like pharmaceuticals or or people that do have a lot of money that historically had been allowed to possibly influence physicians in prescribing practices there's so much more out there now and the problem is that it's totally unregulated um and and so you know i have patients come in right i mean i have patients that come in every day and you know maybe maybe the issue is that their list of medications includes 10 things that they buy from over the counter um that know that they maybe saw maybe they saw it on dr oz and they bought it i don't know and they ask me about it, and, and my advice is, well, I can't tell you if that does one bit of good because nobody has required anyone to do you actual research on it. Yeah. And so, you know, they, 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 I, I can't even tell you that it's safe in most cases. It probably is, but I can't promise that it is. And, and frankly, you're probably wasting your money on a lot of this stuff. I think, I think the, the obvious thing is that folks out there like Dr. Oz it's very obvious to someone who's looking from the outside that that guy's profiting a lot based on saying whatever someone tells him to say on his show. I don't make a bit of money if I prescribe a medicine, but you know, I don't, I don't give right. And I shouldn't. And, and so I think it's pretty transparent that a lot of that stuff out there is kind of garbage and, but those people have a lot of influence. That is transparent to medical doctors. You know, I watched Dr. Oz when he was first on. I thought, oh, what an informative man. He knows all this. And after a while, I realized kind of questionable stuff he's doing. But many mm-hmm. people, he has, he has a great personality. He mm-hmm. really comes across very positive, very caring, loving man, just like the doctors, which is another show not quite as popular as Dr. Mm-hmm. Oz. You think, well, they're medical doctors. They might know. But you, you, you have to step back and recognize, and what are they doing? They're making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. One of the problems is stuff. when doctors right. knock them, then it's you're just jealous because they're successful, much yeah. more successful than you, and that yeah. isn't the case. Oh. But that's mm-hmm. how it comes across. Yeah. It's just a pity because no. they really, you know, watch them for entertainment, definitely not for medical information because yeah. you will not get <laughs> medical information from them. And I don't them. watch the show. I mean, maybe, no. there's good, maybe there's good information from time to time, but I, I do but know that there's plenty of products out there that are kind of, peddled and promoted on the show that don't have good they're making money them. on the products that yeah. they promote yeah. there's no question it's, about it's it it's a, a peddling of a of a business businesses uh it's the business ethic versus the uh yeah. the medical ethic mm. you know it's interesting uh when pat wallagoski my dear friend who is our administrator for many years did you know no you know pat at all <laughs> so before our present one patrick siegling mm-hmm. is patrick wallagoski and he was an ethical a wonderful ethical man. He, of course, has a kind of a stoic way about him. Not a lot of fuzzy, warm, you know, loving 
<laughs> but he's you're not understating it it's just <laughs> fine <laughs> he is ethical he is there. and uh, when he was being interviewed and uh, no one is uh, still practicing uh, except well maybe I, just you are the only ones that would have been involved in the, the interview right of being done um, uh, I said to him there's the business ethic which is shareholders profit and then there's the medical ethic which is to do good don't do harm honesty and respect people's choices which do you think is important in you as you as a businessman would you would you take and of course he knew how to feed me maybe <laughs> but he lived that too though he lived it he lived it he was, uh, a, he good was person. a wonderful yeah, uh, administrator all those years and I just can't thank him enough so um, that whole experience of watching business being able to let uh, not, uh, not profit be the go goal of what you're doing but the evidence-based science to base what you're doing uh, is a more important thing it is we're going to take a break now we hope you're enjoying this program sitting back looking at the snow out the window talk about noise we could because noise can be a problem we'll be back right after these words Vaping is a term for using an electronic or e-cigarette. There have recently been illness and death associated with vaping that is currently under study by the Center for Disease Control. Patients in this CDC investigation of vaping-related illnesses have reported symptoms such as cough, shortness of breath or chest pain, nausea, vomiting or diarrhea, fatigue, fever or abdominal pain. Some patients have reported that their symptoms developed over a few days, while others have reported that their symptoms developed over several weeks. A lung infection does not appear to be causing the symptoms. Anyone who uses an e-cigarette or vaping product should not buy these products off the street and should not modify or add any substances to these products that are not intended by the manufacturer. See a healthcare provider right away if you have symptoms like those reported in this outbreak. Brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Happy to have you listening. Today we have Dr. Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc. Along with Rick Holm is our Kelly Evans Hollinger, who has practiced at the Brookings Medical Clinic for a few years now and grew up in Brookings. Welcome. Glad to have both of you here. Yes, I, thank you. Are you regularly golfing? You know, I know that in this well, weather, not currently, <laughs> Rick. But yes, I, <laughs> I did. I would say the the biggest challenge to my golf game has been children. Yes, being a parent <laughs> mostly. Um, but it's getting a little easier as my kids get a little older. So I've played a little more golf this year. Yeah. I got to see Kelly's twins at one of the basketball games, and yeah. they just look like they're having a good time. Yeah, they, they do. They do. How old are they they're now? Out, they're three. They'll be three four soon, but they, they are out there to have a good time, Joan. That's, they do. Yep. And it's <laughs> well, fun that's to what see it's them. all about, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And they do keep you busy, I'm yeah. sure. You know, we talked a little bit about hearing loss and noise-induced hearing loss, and that is what your essay uh, covered this week. What do you have to say about that? I think the thing that scares me, I ask you, then I answer. I'm sorry, yeah. is these um, earbuds that all the kids are wearing right. now. What do you think here. of those? <clears throat> I don't know more that, uh, do you know more data on this, Kelly? No, no. I don't think there's a lot of science on it because, uh, but if you can hear your kids' earbuds uh, playing, it's probably, they're playing too loud. And uh, So earbuds could be okay if they're not too loud. 
possibly. We don't know yet. Well, do and it. I mean, uh, of course, if you're jogging, I mean, I've been a, a runner, and I have listened to radio every time I ran my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I've been running since I was a junior resident until uh, three years ago. So, you know, my, my sense is that earbuds are it's a wonderful thing. You can listen to books. You can listen to podcasts. But you can listen to Bob and uh, and hang <laughs> in there. Uh, you can you you know you can listen to anything and um, and keep abreast of the information that's coming through the news. You know that type of thing, or just listen to music. And uh, so my sense is that earbuds are a wonderful thing. Uh, they don't have to be earbuds though. They can be connected to wires, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Um, but there can be a wonderful thing unless you turn the volume too high, and then you've right. got it right in your ear. Right, or and unless that's tough. unless you're running a car in Arizona and you put them in the nice little c- container thing in the on the dash, and then forget them. Forget them? Oh, that's not a so good thing. They're expensive. You, go back you don't to want to yeah, forget them. Then you go back to the wire one, and you go, no, I'm not going to buy another uh, <laughs> earbuds non-connected. You know. Well, you started out your article with 40 million people with hearing loss in the United States. There's over 40 million, 25% of those, or 10 million, lost part of their hearing because of excessive exposure to too much noise. Kelly, I think it's probably higher than that. Oh, it's absolutely underdiagnosed. I mean, how many people do you know in your personal life that you know can't hear don't hear well but haven't had it assessed right you know, the older i get the more people i know like that because they're <laughs> as old as me and they cannot hear well at but all at, at all. least now they have cabs that control the volume uh it you know i remember uh i was at leo bow's farm and i was helping him uh, stack bales and he turned his uh his two-cylinder uh uh John Deere uh, tractor going, <laughs> and that was the loudest thing I have ever heard. And he took off, no earbuds, no oh, cover. No cover. It doesn't take too long on, with that kind of volume of hear, hearing uh, exposure that you but would But years ago, hearing. farmers didn't know that it was harming them. Now they should know, and they really should cover their ears, but they didn't. And now you have enclosed cabs. Make a lot lovely of music. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing okay. Yeah, but, but definitely a lot of uh, occupational. And I mean, people that work in industry, that's sort of regulated as part of safety such that Thank you. a lot of folks in their jobs are required to wear some sort of ear protection. Right. But Well, right. we hope that uh, people will listen, <laughs> hear us, and what? take care of their ears. What shush, shush, shush. We're going to take our next break. We'll be back right after these oh. words. Kids are back to school and the spread of germs are in full swing. Parents, please teach your child to wash their hands often and use hand sanitizer when they can't get to the sink. Show them how to cough into their sleeve. If your child has a fever, keep them home from school, offer fluids, and encourage rest. You can reach your primary care provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings at 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Happy to have you listening today. Joan Hogan here with Rick Holm and Kelly Evans, two fine physicians in the Brookings Clinic. Uh, two we, internists, you know. Yeah. Oh, and they're both internal medicine physicians. And we're proud of that. Uh, yeah. Well, you should be. <laughs> Very important. We had a discussion on that one of these last two weeks that a lot of people don't realize 
if you do family practice or internal medicine, you know, you just came out of med school and started practicing. Wrong. It's a specialty, and you spend three years, two or three years. Three years. And that specialty, least, yeah. just like you would if, you, who's your friend that you're going to see? A dermatologist. dermatologist. Yeah. Three years dermatology, you were three three years internal medicine. Mm -hmm. Do you think maybe Dr. Holm influenced your choice of internal medicine? Uh, maybe, but we, maybe we're just kind of kindred spirits, you know. Internists be. are a special sort of brain, I think. Yeah, I, I think that it has to do with the idea of sleuthing. Yes. You know, it's a sleuthing thing. It's like, ah, a I wonder mystery. what caused that. Right? Curiosity. Mm -hmm. Hello, what's this? Well, why are you sleuthing? We had a call come in. We're going oh, to try okay. to answer this. The woman called. She's in her 30s, and she just recently had a mole removed, and it was determined to be melanoma. Could you elaborate on the characteristics of this? Will it spread? Should she be watching it? What concerns should she have? Should she be overly concerned, or what should she do? And it's a <coughs> mole that turned into melanoma. That is yeah. malignant melanoma. Yeah. So first of all, I'm very glad that she got it checked out. Certainly, melanoma is not a. It, that's a. It's a big deal. It's something that we should all fear to some degree. It's a cancer that can cause a lot of problems in young people. So it's a kind of an unusual skin cancer in that way. Um, if you had it removed, I assume it, it has been looked at under the microscope for features that are consistent with whether it is contained and has not yet spread or, or so. And so I can't, I couldn't, you know, comment on the specifics of, of your particular disease, but I, what I would say is that there are good guidelines in regards to what that melanoma looks like under the microscope and whether any more invasive surveillance should right. be done. And in most cases, if you got it removed early, you get you get, get a, a little wider excision than you would for a typical cancer, yeah. and that's considered adequate treatment. What I would say is that if you've had melanoma once, then you've bought yourself a trip to the dermatologist at least every year for the rest of your life, because yeah. that's something that you would not want to miss, and you're more prone to growing those things. and. I hope you got a lot of um, 50 SPF in your cupboard. Yeah. 50. Oh, yeah. protecting <laughs> yeah. skin. Although I have to say that, you know, recently they talk about vitamin D and no question about a vitamin D mm -hmm. deficiency indicates that there is a there is a higher risk of death and a higher level measured is a lower risk of death. And uh, but we haven't been able to show that if you supplement with an oral mm -hmm. vitamin D, it changes that risk. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem to change the risk. And the thought is maybe there's something else besides vitamin D uh, or eicosapentaenoic or uh, cod liver oil or fish oil supplement, which is all that's vitamin D stuff. And, the, and there's this new study showing they've got a new vitamin D level, but they're going to go high levels of don uh, fish oil to make a difference with coronary disease. And I I'm, I'm not swallowing it. Yeah. So there just isn't science out there to prove no, it? I, no, I think, you know, let's see the data. I want to look at the science. Mm -hmm. We're not going to just jump in and treat everybody. Let's look at the science. Mm -hmm. When the science says, not a lot of support for this, then we need to say that. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, other thing is, so, the, uh, of course, she's going to be taken, she's in a situation where she needs to be not getting a, a lot of sun exposure. Mm -hmm. And so that's a tough one. Yeah. 
And I, when you when you ask about sort of features of of melanoma, you know, the, melanoma is a hard one because we should melanoma is a scary thing, but we also don't want everybody to be terrified Panicky. every time they look at their moles because you know there so are lots of moles that are normal. Let's so, just go through the A B C yeah. D E again, yeah. Kelly. What is A? Uh, asymmetry, I believe. Yeah. So you don't have a perfect circle. It's kind of irregular. It's not symmetrical. If it's B, that, then you worry about it. Is that it? If, if it's yeah. irregular and it's not symmetrical, we're worried. Okay. The and second the one is B. Border is fuzzy. Mm -hmm. And so if your border is sharp, uh, that's reassurance that it isn't a dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. uh, C is uh, color. Color. So, I mean, variegated color, they say. Variegated meaning multiple different colors uh, in it. You know, if you see a, a, a mole that's just one color, okay, that's reassuring. Multiple different colors, a little pink, a little gray, a little mm -hmm. black. Ooh, that's Achan. nervous. Right. Uh, CD, mm -hmm. diameter, we're talking the size of a pencil width. So if I think that's the standard. I think um, um, if it's larger than a pencil width, you know, then, then, then you're Then you've got a problem. And then E is... Evolution. Mm. If it changes. Changes yes. over time. Mm. Right. And so, you know, they, they, those A, B, C, D, E things work for squamous cell and for basal cell, but really they were made for melanoma. Right. And no one of those things means that the mole that you're looking at is melanoma, don't get me wrong, but it might mean that you should have someone take a peek at it, and it might make your physician more likely to recommend biopsy, which is the definitive right. diagnostic tool of that. Yeah. Okay. Why, not, why not eliminate your risk? Mm -hmm. So for the woman that called in, she did the right thing. She got it checked early. Mm -hmm. She is more than likely safe, but she will probably see her dermatologist once a year, or at least she should consider seeing her dermatologist well, once a year to I make sure, sure she's okay. I would too. Mm -hmm. She or he uh, mm -hmm. will uh, monitor very carefully. But, you know, a lot of it depends upon how deep that uh, mole was mm -hmm. growing. And uh, the real cutoff is what, 0.8 centimeters? Or, um, or very, mm -hmm. it's shallow. Right. Uh, so if, you, if, if your thing is very shallow, you're, you're safe. If it, mm -hmm. it's growing deep, then there's mm -hmm. risk of spread. Mm -hmm. Well, on another subject, I know during the last <laughs> break, your wife, Joni, was talking about <coughs> vaping, and we talked about good science. Is there science behind it? I know the two gentlemen that started the original vaping, the Jewel, really did it because they wanted to find a way to quit smoking. I can't uh, praise them now because once they recognized the dangers, they just kept pushing them out. So no love lost for those two guys. However, people took to vaping. It's terrible for children, but a lot of adults took to vaping to avoid smoking and get rid of smoking. Was there any science or anyone to control that jewel when it came out? Anything like that? I don't know of any. No, I, you know, we, as a medical community, when, when these sort of inhaled nicotine replacement things came out. We were aghast. We, we didn't know what to tell people because we didn't have any good science. We didn't have safety data long term or anything like that. I mean, your initial instinct is, well, I suppose it's probably better than smoking, but we don't know. And that's, I mean, that's what yeah. we had to tell people is, I know that these other forms of nicotine replacement, the patches, the gum, we have good long-term safety data on those things. I can't tell you one way or another on whether you might be having some other risk with, yeah. with these types of tools. But of I course, will now say, we know. 
I will right. say this, that there's a, a lot of vaping that occurred without any uh, obvious harm. And then along comes uh, uh, these uh, cases that were out of the blue. And it found, um, I think they're finding consistently that the vaping pens were filled uh, with a vitamin D oil. Mm -hmm. Somebody said, oh, that must be safe. Mm -hmm. except it was toxic as all get out to the lungs. Mm -hmm. And so that was not a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I am, uh, I'm not promoting vaping, but I am saying that, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the people uh, off the street, you know, the, not the companies that are making it, uh, were the ones that added the vitamin D oil. Mm -hmm. Well, not a good thing. So you I don't I, know who you don't know who who's and you don't know which one which you're getting. One you're better it, off right. finding something. You know, we do have the quit smoke um, pills, pill, Shantex well, and but the state of South Dakota has done quite a South bit Dakota with quit, quit smoking. Line. Quit yeah. line, that's mm -hmm. it. South Dakota yep. quit line. There's a lot of help out there other than vaping. So we hope if you're trying to quit smoking, you'll try one of those. Mm -hmm. Now, what do what do you think of meth? I'm on it. Um, <laughs> Not a very good promotional idea. <laughs> I feel I, like, you know, I feel like there should have been a little more. I don't know. Surely, surely a hundred people looked at that before it got put out there. But it right? went nationwide, and it was overall, on Saturday Night Live. Oh, was it? I didn't see that. But I really think <laughs> that she was effective. The governor wanted people to recognize it's a major problem in South Dakota. PR is to get people addressing the issue don't you think this got to everyone yeah i did i think it was as a distraction though i oh. I, I don't think it's going to help in the long run and i it, it was too funny it was yeah, funny. It was too funny okay <laughs> well we got that view on it you can have your own oh and we've got uh, 10 seconds we do and in those 10 seconds we hope all of you've enjoyed our prairie doc program and we'll listen again for prairie doc brought to you by the vera medical group brookings thank you dr holm thank you and Joan. thank you dr evans Thanks for having thank me you, happy Kelly. thanksgiving everyone and thank you bob also and stay healthy out there happy thanksgiving and exercise on thanksgiving day by the way <laughs>